recording. On today's episode with me, my guest is a man who invented a different type of car or followed the trend of inventing cars. He can take gas vehicles and turn them into electric vehicles. His name is Derek Bailey. Peace, Derek. How are you? Good. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing well. Also on here is my co-host, as always, Creed, who is a photographer and a videographer and the owner of Architects of Mars. Peace, brother. How you doing? I am great. How are you, my brother? Creed. I'm doing well, doing well, doing well. Good to see all you guys, man. Happy that everybody was able to make it on here safe and sound. Yes, indeed. All right, so Derek, let's go back to humble beginnings. Where'd you Where'd you grow up? I grew up in a couple of places. I mean, uh, my earliest years, I was actually, uh, I was born in New Orleans. Okay. And then, so until about the age of seven, I grew up in a place called Tunica, which is- Mississippi? A country town outside of Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Okay. Okay. Only notable thing down there is uh, Angola Prison, Ooh. where my grandmother worked and who took care of me for a while. So very humble beginnings. Okay, very very humble beginnings. Uh, I heard legendary things about Angola as it being one of the toughest prisons uh, to ever have to be a part of or experience, and it's something that you should always avoid. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I would say so. But, you know, down in Tunica, it's probably the biggest employer, but... Yeah, you don't want to wind up on Angola, that's for sure. Right, right. Um, my, my family is from the South. Uh, oh, really? Where are you from? Yes, sir. So my, my, my mother was from Quitman, Mississippi, and my mm -hmm. dad was from Yazoo. So uh, Yazoo, Mississippi. Yeah, yeah. Same so, place as Zig Ziglar, one of my like favorite, uh, <laughs> you know, old time motivational speakers. Okay, okay. All right, all right. So A lot of famous uh, people come out of Yazoo, Mississippi. Uh, the just the Mississippi period, man. Mississippi yeah. period, and and the thing about Mississippi because I have family in Hattiesburg as well, so they were that close to New Orleans. You know, just like a, mm. a couple mile, a couple hour drive yeah, away yeah, from there. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. So you transitioned, and when did you start noticing what you wanted to do as far as uh your career going into college, or what did you know that when did you know that you wanted to get into uh finance or hospitality? Well, I mean, I was born black, so mm. you know, when you walk around as a black kid, it doesn't take you a long time to figure out that the world is not angled in your favor. So I think I figured out pretty early that I never wanted a job. I'm, I haven't had a job since I was like 16 years old. Okay. Hmm. I started working when I was 12, and I lied and said I was like 17. So when I was in high school, I was a restaurant manager for Howard Johnson's. I mean, I was the manager. I wasn't even old enough to really get a drink, but people thought I was older. <clears throat> you know, I used to take my employees out for drinks, buy liquor, do everything that adults did. So, <clears throat> you know, I've always been like a little bit uh, ahead of the curve or adjacent to the curve or whatever. How did you uh, pull that off? How did you walk in there and just say, all right, I'm going to get this managerial position? Um, well, actually, I started as a dishwasher. And... Um, you know, kids don't change, you know. I'm the same person now that I was then. So I started at Hope Johnson as a dishwasher. Uh, you know, I had to lie to get the job because, you know, you can't hire anybody who's 12. They're too young. So I lied. And so I was a dishwasher. And I was such a good dishwasher, <laughs> I asked my manager, it was an old German lady named Ms. Kaufman, 
I was like, well, Miss Kaufman, I'm like, if I cook two, can I get both pays? And she was like, well, that's not possible. I'm like, well, can I just try it one night? So, you know, I used to bus, I used to bus tables and then I was cook. And I was like, well, how about we get rid of the dishwasher? <laughs> like I could do that too. Oh, so, wow. I used to run the whole thing myself or whatever. I'll never forget. She walked in the, the back one day and she was like, she's just shaking her head. She was looking at me. She's like, you know, they say that everybody is replaceable. She was mm -hmm. like, but I don't know about you. <laughs> Some so people have that always, ability to, to make themselves irreplaceable. Kid. I'm very organized. I don't get shaken. You know, you just get it done. And then I'm like a systems guy. So, I mean, when I, like when I took that job, I told her, okay, for me to do this, I have to reorganize the kitchen. Will you let me do it? I, you know, I give her credit. She actually let me do it. Because I told her, you know, at a Howard Johnson's, the line is set up long. I'm like, Ms. Kaufman, if I have to walk all the way down there to do something, it's not going to work. I need to turn in a circle. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so Simplify she let, it. She let me reorganize everything. So even then, I mean, back then, minimum wage was probably, I don't know, three, four dollars an hour. Mm -hmm. But I had all the jobs, you know, so. You know, by the time I graduated high school or whatever, I was making as much money as my parents. Oh, wow. So you had the you had the the brazen attitude and the confidence to already start off doing it's always. It's just me. Always yeah. in you. Yeah. No, I, I mean I don't it. like to give people the bad attitude now. Just because you make money when you're young doesn't mean you keep it. <laughs> Very true. I've Very been broke true. as many times as, as as I've been rich, you know. But you know, as you get older, then the downs are less because you get you know you become a little less foolish, right? You know you become a little less. Uh, uh, hubris. Yeah, you become more aware and and what's the well, other you word? learn to respect money. Yeah. 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 Um so in, in 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 high school, you were doing all this in high school, right? Yeah. I was doing this in high school. So basically I was the restaurant manager, but I just told everyone that I like to work at night because the assistant manager usually works at night and the manager works during the day. Okay. So you know we 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 had a like a little nightclub attached to the restaurant. So I just pretended mm wanted to work at night I was the boss so I could work whenever I wanted to so you know I go to school during the day and, and then you know I'd go run the restaurant at night so you never really after that you never really worked a job again I never had a job that wasn't involved in sales so put it this way I've never gotten a paycheck that wasn't a commission mm, gotcha. gotcha yeah so I've never okay. gotten a paycheck I've never gotten a paycheck since maybe I was 17 that wasn't a commission. So, you know, you eat what you kill. When did you transition from um, managing the Howard Johnson to like commission-based uh, work? Well, when I left uh, Howard Johnson's, I went to work for a company called General Development, which is kind of like a company that develops swamp land in Florida. I was just telling mm. somebody the story earlier. <laughs> and I'm a salesman, you know what I mean? So at 22 or 23, I was making like two, $300,000 a year. It was insane. Mm -hmm. I just know how to sell. But, you know, I, I've had some mentors. You don't just wake up learning how to sell. But, you know, I had some good mentors. Uh, one of them was a uh, a black insurance man. And one was a, a, a old country white guy uh, named Mr. Kerner. But, you know, you learn different things from different people. And, uh, you know, if you have that attitude of uh, let's just say I wasn't accepting anybody's status that they had for black people. You know what I mean? 
I'm glad you said that because I'm not one of those guys who believe in any type of status. Like if you can help out people, you should just help them out. But if you're Absolutely. so if you're so concerned about what your status is and people believe in that because you have I more money. Status doesn't buy a thing. Doesn't mm. buy a thing. No, it doesn't. It, <laughs> it it only works in the field that, that justifies it. But out here in the real world, no it, one cares. It only about works that. with other people who are not doing anything. Yes. Yeah, they all play in the status game. If you're trying to make money, we have to get out and actually do something and actually, you know, collect a check. I like I like the way you think. I like the way yeah. you think. So yeah. you're you're a salesman, you're making two hundred thousand dollars a year. Oh man. This is at like 22, 23 years old. 22, 23 years old. <laughs> it's it was insane. It was insane. Are you even do you even know what you're doing at that time? Because there aren't, I'm I'm guessing there aren't any. I know that- what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. So like I said, I had some good mentors early. So I knew what I was doing sales wise, but I didn't have a respect for money. You know, when you're young, you think the money never stops coming. Oh, man. Tell me about it. You know, so you're making 200,000 at 22. By the time you're 26, you broke again, you know, and I had my first kid. <laughs> you know what I mean? So now you got your first kid with no money again. So, mm. you know, you know, it's a real ride. I mean, life, anybody tells you that it's always good. You know, they uh, they hand in you, especially if you come from our community. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, doesn't work that way. Making two hundred thousand dollars a year, that young. How many other pe- black people around you are making that type of money? Well, you know, I was the only black guy in, oh. that, in that whole yeah thing. You know, because you know, what was your first big investment then? Since you were making that type of money. Well, my my first uh, big investment after that was to just go into business for myself. So okay. I'm like, you know, why are you working for anybody? So then I just started making up businesses. You know, the great thing about being a salesman is why I try to give people like sales skills first. When you're a salesman, it's almost impossible not to be able to build anything. You know, so actually after I stopped doing that, I just started making up businesses. Like I made up one business, if I can remember, I think I called it like National Trade School Marketing Group or something like that. So instead of going to work for a trade school, I just called on all the trade schools and I asked them, you know, who are you trying to recruit? You know, back in those days, it was like trucking schools. There was a company called Control Data. You probably haven't even heard of it. Uh-uh. Uh, early computer companies or whatever. So I signed up all these trade schools and I used to just ask them, well, how much do you pay your salespeople? And how much do you pay for advertising? What does it cost you to get a student? Okay, then just give me all that money. That's it. You know, I'll bring you students. And so then... I just went to uh, neighborhood action committees and things like that. And, you know, because most people, they try to channel a kid into something. If Like if you work for a truck driving school, then you're trying to talk a kid into driving trucks. I signed up with all the schools. So I was just able to ask a kid, what do you want to do? <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm. I made a ton of money doing that. And then uh, I met a girl, this little redhead girl. I didn't date her or anything, but she happened to be a graphic designer. And I was like, hmm, you know, so what would I do with that? So I was like, you know, we could start a company. I forgot what we called it. But uh, I just learned that, you know, media buyers, they get 15% for all the media that they place. And so I used to tell her, I'm going to try something. I'm like, I went and got a newspaper. I would look for bad ads. I would tell her, design me a good ad. Make this ad good. And I would go into a business and I would say, let me show you this ad. This is your ad. Looks like shit. I'll give you this ad for free if you let me place the media. Boom. 
Mm-hmm. See what I mean? So then I would get you, they you already a job have with a her. Marketing budget. So what's your marketing budget? It's a hundred thousand. <clears throat> so I get 15% of that hundred thousand. I just made myself 15,000. Okay. Fixing the guy's ad and not charging him anything for fixing the ad. And that would help her as well. Right. Cause now she has, and of course I split some of the money with her. We're doing good. That's what I'm saying. That's one of the things that I love about America. You know, you really can. Hustle anything. If you are disciplined, you learn about an industry, you get out there and you're not afraid to sell. You're not afraid to ask for money. Uh, you hmm. know, that's the key. That's the key. And so once you, you know, once you are poor a couple of times and you recover, you, you know, you come to this point where you realize you're kind of invincible. You know what I mean? Hmm. It, you know, once you get beat up a couple of times and you look and you're like, oh, you know what? I'm still here. I'm <laughs> okay. I'm okay. I, I can do like it. Four times or five times. Oh, guess yeah. what? I'm yeah. kind of indestructible. Yeah, and I can like bounce back. People now, you know, if uh, if my car company fails and all this fails, the worst thing's going to happen to me, I'll sleep on my mother's couch and she's going to bring me coffee every morning. What's the downside? <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. The Only thing you're going to have to hear is the people that say, oh, he failed, he uh, failed, he yeah, failed. But you know what? Who cares, though? When I was poor, I heard them <laughs> and... When I make money, they're still there saying I'm going to fail. <laughs> It'll never change. It'll never change. It, 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 it never changes. So you surround yourself with the people who believe in you. You ignore the rest. And, you know, it's 100 who don't believe and it's two who do. Focus on the two. Because the two are more important because they pour into you. If they're the right type of people, they they'll pour, pour into, into you. you. And then I think, you know, when you have that small circle, number one, you can't be successful and not be pretty much a straight shooter. You know what mm. I mean? So if you're a straight shooter, then you tend to be straight with everyone. You're straight with the two people who support you. You're straight with your woman. You're straight with your children. That's how you tend to be straight in business. You know what I mean? So, you know, if you're if you're a straight shooter, you got a little discipline, you have an idea, and you're not afraid to ask for money. You know, you can make it in America. I was looking at a well, uh, some of the videos of you on YouTube and there was like, uh, you had your car, everything set up, the trucks and the car set up and there were some guys around that were asking you questions. And I was looking at the way you were doing it in the way that they were delegating with you and they were asking you questions. And the more questions they had, you just, you just answered them like, you, you know, Hey, look, this is what I have going on. I'm just looking for people to invest. And when you was, I was just thinking about that when you were saying it, you was like, I was, uh, you just need to write, have the right attitude and you can't be afraid to ask for money. Don't be afraid to ask for money. And then, you know, you have to have a, uh, like, I teach a branding course, right? You know, you, you really have to have a reputation. So, you know, you, you see it on the, the video, but then, you know, these people, you know, they find people who know you, you know what I mean? People are always going to find people who know you and they're going to, you know, ask questions. And so I think it's one thing that people know about me is you'll notice I don't always give a perfect answer. If I don't know, I just tell you I don't know. But if you know me, you know I'm going to figure it out. Mm. You know what I mean? It's just I like feel that. the same way. I yeah, feel so the same I usually, way. And I think when you don't bullshit and people know you not to be a bullshitter, there's no guarantee that I'm going to be able to do it. But I have a history of getting things done. And people kind of just like, no, I'm just not bullshit. I mean, I'm a guy who gets up at five and works till 12. So if I don't get it done, it's because I couldn't get it done. It's not due to bad habits or lack of discipline or anything like that so 
It's just you know, that during the course of your routine, you had stuff yeah, happen. That's what I'm telling them. You know, you just have to, number one, you don't do anything that you don't believe in mm. because people really buy into your conviction. Yes, what, um, what, how did you pivot into the automotive industry? Well, um, I got just... into the automotive business because I have a partner, uh, Dell Warburton. So my original company is called Warburton Bailey. My partner's name is Dell Warburton. <laughs> and so I met him on another project that I was working on and we made a little bit of money on that. And then we were deciding what to do next. And, um, you know, he used to come to my house at night and we would play chess and decide, like, you know, what we we're going to do next. So I just bought a Ford F-150 and I told him, you know, I'm putting a lot of gas in this car. I'm like, maybe we could do something about that, which, you know, the, the guy's hmm. like a Navy trained engineer. He just started laughing. He was like, you know, don't you think Mercedes Benz or somebody would have done something if they could do something? But, he, you know, he's a religious guy. And he called me like eight months later, said that uh, that engine that I was talking about, Felt like God had given him a vision and um, it was going to take a few hundred thousand dollars to get it off the ground. This is like three o'clock in the morning. He calls me. Mm. I get on the plane at like 730 the next morning because, again, this guy's like me. If he tells me the sun's not coming up, I'm not going to get out of bed. Mm. He's not a bullshitter. So people have to believe what you say. And he's a guy. I believe what he says. So even though I didn't understand it. I believe what he says. And so I was willing to put up the money and willing to get into it. So now what we created was a generator that efficiently converts like fuel to electricity, which could be used to power electric cars. So I had to make a choice. And actually, I didn't make the choice. Actually, somebody asked me a hard question. I talked to this investment banker in New York and he was like, we just got our patent. He was like, OK, so you guys have this good generator. It's tested out. It's very efficient. He was like, so if Ford or GM or somebody tells you yes today, he's like, I'm going to tell you it's going to take you seven to 13 years for your engine to actually show up in somebody's car. And he asked me a very simple question. So how do we make money in the meantime? Mm. I didn't have an answer. I was like, hmm. You know, so, you know, my partners wanted to chase that. But I was like, you know, we have to create products and put our technology in it ourselves. So then the whole question came who starts a car company? Mm. You know, I told my brothers, you know, they literally burst out laughing. You know what I mean? They're like, bro, I know you're good, <laughs> but, but you ain't that. Ain't no Negro starting no car company. <laughs> 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 my daughter is like, you know, you're going to ruin the whole family with this uh, car company bullshit. You're going to spend up all the money. We all going to be broke. Um, you know, but we just went for it so far. So good. Right. Absolutely. So far, so good. So far, so good. Can still fail. That's what I tell people every day. We can still fail. But the but try and the I'm effort healthy. in it is what, what matters. Not while I'm healthy, hopefully, you know. But hmm. the the try and the effort is what was is 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 what counts. And you're doing it. And you have to know what you're doing a little bit too. Correct. And you have to surround yourself with other smart people. So, you know, it's not just me. I have a I have a lot of guys who help me stand up. I mean, luckily since I started it, I get all the credit, but it's a lot of people who help me stand up, you know. How many times have you been told you were crazy for an idea that you had? Oh, every day. Every day. <laughs> As a matter of fact, everything I've ever done, because I've never done anything that I knew how to do already. Mm. You see what I mean? If I already know how to, most people are looking for, I don't know, maybe credibility or status in their community. 
So you're trying to show competence. So you typically want to stay with what you know how to do so that you look legit and people can see that you're knowledgeable and you get your little social respect. Okay, to me, that's boring. You know, so anything I've ever done, when I went into the staffing business, I knew nothing about it. I certainly knew nothing about the car business. When Dell called me about that engine, I knew nothing about engines. I'm an expert in all those things now because, you know, once I get into it, then I'm going to make myself an expert at it. And so I only want to do what I don't know how to do already, except what I'm doing now with these, with these, I don't know if you saw these new uh, low speed electric trucks that I'm about to put into the market. Are you talking about the ones that uh, don't go over 50 miles an hour? Yeah, those. It's a low speed truck. The reason it's low speed, because if you're just making like little deliveries around, you don't need to go fast. Who cares about zero to 60? I'm not competing with any other big, I have the only low speed electric truck in the country right now. So nobody's mm. focusing on this. So people think I'm going to try to compete with Elon Musk and Tesla and stuff like that. I get my head bashed in. These guys have billions of dollars. You know what I mean? So we're going to a special part of the market that's just ours. And this whole delivery thing, don't forget, I first made the money to even do everything I've done in the temporary staffing business. Temporary staffing is basically sending a person to work. Mm -hmm. So with this truck, I'm sending a person to work in a truck. <laughs> you know, so... I actually have 40 years of experience in what I'm about to do right now. I, the staffing industry, I would like to think is is lucrative, right? You, are you still staffing a part of that? Is the best industry you can be in because you have to, it's like I teach my, uh, like I teach my daughters in the staffing business, other people go to work and you get paid. Correct. Because mm. you get sure a percentage of what they bring back to the table. Yeah. So I send you to a hotel to clean rooms. I charge the hotel $20. I pay you $14. I pay the taxes. I'm making $5 uh, profit. If you work 40 hours, you know, you made your money. I made 200. I got a thousand workers out there. I just made $200,000. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, the company I, mean, I, I work for, they use uh, labor for, for uh, housekeeping, uh, servers, dishwashers, and things like that. I should that. do all that. Dishwashers, warehouse, all that. So, yeah, that's the kind of business that's very easy to make yourself a couple of two, $300,000 a week. If you know what you're doing, mm -hmm. if you can sell. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's almost similar. It sounds similar to um, real estate in the sense of it's just a commodity that's always going to be in demand. So if you get in front of it and. Well, you always need a place to live. You always need it, labor. Yeah. Bang. Yep. You always need labor. And so you're, it's a, it's a, it, it is a residual business. You, you, you get your rent every month and people get paid every week. So, you know, yeah, so it's a, it's, it's a similar type business, but temporary staffing business, it, it, it's very easy to make, you know, 20, 25% a week on your money. Because mm -hmm. all you're doing is basically front and payroll, mm -hmm. you know, and taking a margin. So that was a good business. So that's the business. That was what I call my come up business, you know? Okay. And are you still into that? My family is. Okay. Yeah, my brothers and mothers run that company now. Okay. So the low yeah. speed truck, um, you're already in uh what's the what's the word for it? You already putting those trucks out or so we yeah. So uh those trucks are already in, in production. If you see online, we, we start to get the deliveries every week now. So you have to look at it this way. And in, in in the automotive space, the business model is typically this. I sell you a vehicle, I make X. So let's just say I sell you a vehicle, I make ten thousand dollars. Okay. With every car, you know, you get that 36-mile warranty or 48-mile warranty. 
Well, have you noticed when the warranty is up, your car breaks down like the next day? Mm-hmm. It's called planned obsolescence. Every mm-hmm. manufacturer knows pretty much when their equipment is going to break because it's built in. Because I sell you something, the only way I make money now is service and parts. So I needed to break so I can sell you some service and parts. What I'm doing is a little bit different. I actually built my truck to last like eight years because I'm selling the truck from one division to another division. But but instead of counting on it to break down, I'm taking it and putting it in an all-electric delivery business that I can make $1,000 a day on this truck. So instead of sales and service, I'm doing sale and services. Right, because it's, it's, all, truck, it's, it's being recycled build, back to you, right? Yeah, so a truck that I build for 15000 I can make $1,000 a day on by putting it in another division and actually operating that truck. And the core skills for that is to sell accounts and to be able to put people in that truck to drive it. Putting people in that truck to drive it is my core skill. Is what I've been doing for 40 years. I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you if I wasn't in that business. So all I'm doing now is sending a man to work in a truck instead of just sending a man to work. So when they bring us- We're going to be doing these trucks. And these this, this all-electric delivery business can actually be like huge, huge, huge for our community, right? Because number one, you know, you got your door dashes, you got your Ubers, you have everybody, but everybody is pretty much using gas vehicles, right? Mm-hmm. And you notice I've already built an SUV. So if I wanted to use my SUV in delivery like a Tesla, then I'd be doing that. Pickup truck is special. There's a category of goods between food that you can do with a car and things you do with a box truck. With a pickup truck, I can get a couch. I can get a washing machine. I can pick up an 85-inch TV from Best Buy's for you. I can go to a, for a restaurant and pick up six, seven kegs of beer. Mm-hmm. I can get cases of wine. There's a whole category of goods that's too much for a car. And actually, it's too little for a box truck. Mm-hmm. And people are overpaying. So to have this low speed, because it doesn't have to go fast, and it's low speed because to make it affordable, the low speed allows me to put in a smaller battery. The battery that goes in a full-speed truck or car like a Tesla or, or a Ford F-150 Lightning, the battery costs eighteen to 25000 mm-hmm. My whole truck is 25000 You see what I mean? So I don't need to go 100 miles. So I can make it low speed. It's a specific function for this truck. And it's, it, it's within my core skill of calling on businesses and getting their accounts and then putting a man in that truck and fulfilling those duties for them. So small furniture stores, restaurants, uh, deals with Ikea, deals with Home Depot, deals with just uh, tire distributors. You know, you go to buy a set of tires, the tires are seldom in the shop. Somebody brings those tires over. Those Mm -hmm. tires are coming over in a gas truck. All we're saying is convert that to an electric truck and the government gives you a big part of the money back because there's a thing called ESG scores. So as companies start to decarbonize their operations, they're able to pull down credits. And these credit markets are becoming more robust. So this is going to get better. And so we're going to be the first in the market in this space. And I did a seminar like a week ago, and I, I asked the people in the audience, I'm like, you know, not to be racist or anything like that, uh, but I'm like, who owns all the nail salons? Everybody in <laughs> They're like Asians. I'm like, when you go to like the little uh, budget hotels or whatever, who owns them all? Everybody knows. Oh, yeah, Indian guys. I'm like, so a couple of years from now, if somebody asks, 
You know, who controls all these electric delivery trucks? How come they can't say brothers? How come they can't say, you know what? They should. Yeah, black guys control that industry. Yep. And so we have the opportunity to launch an industry that hasn't been ex uh, uh, in existence yet, and we can control it. You know, we need to be connected to things like that instead of just entertainment and sports. That's a that's fact. the first thing that you think of with because us having money is we, that. Yeah, that's what we're known for. Be yeah. Because that's what was open to us before. Mm -hmm. but, but but now we can start to get into industrial type things. And now the sports and entertainment guys, if we're smart and work as a community, they can help us drive it because you know, we, we we need to elevate above that, but we can't ignore that because that is a power base. That's a mm -hmm. capital base. And so uh, that industry, those industries should start to get behind uh, more industrialized, you know, concepts. And I think right. that's what's going to move us forward. Have you started reaching out to, to certain types of entertainers? Uh, actually, I have to say uh, a lot of guys are starting to reach out to me. Mm. So, you know, we are getting better. You know, people think like it's all doom and gloom, but I think our community in general is starting to get the idea that we can do more, that we can be more, that we can be closer, that we can work together better. So it's like I tell people, you know, don't believe the negative hype. I mean, every day we are moving forward. People act like America is falling apart. But as, as a black community, we're just moving forward, 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 no matter what happens, no matter who's president, we're moving forward. And that's the only thing. Like we, we have to continue to move to, forward. I just want to, uh, you know, do my part to to start to move forward in industries that we haven't been seen in before. And and since I'm the kind of guy, I don't mind failing. So if this whole thing blows up, uh, they'll be like, "Oh, Derek tried to do a car company. He's a fool and he failed." You know what? I'll probably open up a bar in Miami next. You know, I'm just going <laughs> to do something else. I mean, who cares? Who cares? You, you just can't be afraid of of failing. No. Failing, have, there's a lesson. There's a lesson in zero, it. I have zero fear of failure. Zero no, fear. No, sir. There's, there are lessons if, in it. If, if you look at some of my old videos, uh, I tell people what I'm about to try to do is impossible. The possibility of me succeeding is probably two or three percent. You know, but I always finish that with, but you know me. So tell me about recharging the car. Well, Will people need to have like a charging station at their home or? Well, see, this is what this is what I was doing. So as I thought about what to do with this technology, you have to figure out, OK, where do I fit in? So Tesla had already uh, been successful in being the, 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 the first and most you know prolific electric car. So you, 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 you never try to be a copycat. You know, you have to find your own lane. So instead of trying to compete with the car, I said we would take our technology and try to compete with the way cars are charged. Because even though I have an electric car, I even don't want to drive my own car because I don't like looking for charging stations. I just don't like it. And I figure a lot of people are like me. So, uh, you know, we've developed this engine. We're about in our fifth generation, but now we have to put it into production. So making an engine is one thing. But now to be able to make a thousand of them at a time, I have to spend another 12 million into that. Mm. You see what I mean? So my thing is not access to money. The, the problem is access to money and keeping the company black owned. So you mm. can get money, but by the time you go through your ABCD round, you know, I, I think even Elon Musk only owns like 13% of Tesla. You see what I mean? 
So if I go through all these rounds to get funding, it's not a black company anymore. And so if I want to give you a dealership, if I have an all white board, they're certainly not going to let me go out and, uh, you know, like help poor black guys get dealerships. They're like, you know, this is our money now. <laughs> you know, we're not having it. So we have to do things a little bit the hard way because of what I'm I'm trying, you know, to do. So I'm, the 12 million for to finish that engine, I'm just taking what I have. So I have this all electric low speed truck. You know, this is just innovation. Like, how do I get to my next step? Mm -hmm. So I know based on my staffing background, I know where the business is. So I made this truck because the business I'm going to do with this truck, I used to do with Chrysler 300s. And everybody would laugh at me then because, you know, I'd come back with a Chrysler 300 loaded down with tile and all kind of shit. And, you know, and the car's riding low to the ground. Yeah. You know, but I was still making the money. So I knew I needed a pickup truck. So now I'm making a pickup truck. Uh, the business is, it, if you're from the country, I think every brother knows any brother in the country with a pickup truck is going to make money. It's almost impossible not to make money with a pickup truck. So all I have is a pickup truck that doesn't need gas. It, it only goes 140 miles, but you'll notice my strategy. I'm launching these in beach towns. So, you know, my office is in Atlanta, but I'm launching this in Savannah. And we're mm -hmm. doing, we're between Myrtle Beach and Jacksonville, Florida. There are about 22 beach towns. And we're going to start to do the delivery in those 22 beach towns. We can get about 500 trucks in those beach towns, which would be about a $250 million a year business. And once you prove that model, you see then you extrapolate that to other 50 states and you're talking a nine to $10 billion a year revenue business. Yeah. Cause you're talking but, about other cities where, where they do yeah. construction a lot, Chicago, where I am right yeah. now. Right. But if you got, mm. if, if you have a, you know, 500 trucks, you're making a thousand seven hundred dollars a day. You know, that's a half a million dollars a day. So that $12 million, I'm going to probably have that money by June, but instead of taking it from investors and giving up equity, you know, we're just innovative and I'm going to go out and make that money the hard way. You know, what was that Smith Barney guy used to say, I make money the old fashioned way. We earn it. Yeah. <laughs> get it yeah, out. You're going to have and, control. And we're doing it. This is not rocket science. You know what I mean? If you go to a flea market this weekend and you find an old couch that you want to get back to your house, I challenge you to get that couch back to your house and not use gas. Impossible. It's, it's virtually impossible unless you want to go get an $80,000 Ford F-150 Lightning or $135,000 Rivian truck. Yep. Mm -hmm. Unless you go to the U-Haul and, and, and right. do it. But that's a gas well, truck. It's still gas. Yeah, I know, but I'm just saying, that's the only way. Gas truck. So what you're going to do is you're going to go to Exceder EVD, which is electric vehicle delivery, and you'll be able to order an electric pickup truck to go get that couch for you and take you to your house. And a lot of people are going to do it because a lot of people really are concerned with reducing their carbon footprint. And the same thing with food. It's like I, I tell people, people are going to discover that, you know, if I have to take my kid to school and use my gas car, that makes sense. Take somebody to the hospital, that makes sense. But to create three pounds of carbon to get 12 slices of pizza, that makes a lot less sense. Mm. We're not asking you not to get your pizza. We're just saying, instead of calling DoorDash, call Exceder EVD. So you still get your pizza. And if we're not in your city, go ahead and get your DoorDash until we get there. But when we get there with the electric trucks, if you are concerned about the earth, then you need to transition that business, that order, to prioritize electric delivery. 
And if our guys are controlling those electric delivery trucks, they're going to make a thousand to two thousand dollars a day. You know, I mean, the the drivers in our trucks, uh, we have targeted to make somewhere between seventy two and one hundred thousand dollars a year. By the time mm. you factor in your tips, it's real money. So there's a whole class of brothers out there that are uh, underemployed, you know, that we can put in these trucks and give real opportunity to. And it's an awesome thing because, like, like you said, you can corner the market in that industry of deliver of delivery service because we're first. So the great thing about this is delivery already exists in every corner of the earth. Correct. But no all electric delivery. So in January, you'll see us dropping our all electric uh, delivery app called Exceder EVD. I think I'm gonna name the episode that EVD call, is just electric vehicle called uh, Exceed called Exceder EVD. Yep. That's going to be the name of the episode. Delivery. And then we have a service that we call electric vehicle as a service. So we're talking to chains about temporary staffing. Now I'll give you a guy and a truck to do your deliveries. The truck is branded for you. So if it's a XYG uh, chicken company, then it's a XYZ chicken company truck. I'll give you the truck and the driver and he'll do your deliveries for you. It's temporary staffing. So mm. the, the trucks, are they... Um an original design or are these like converted trucks and but like here's what people uh what people don't realize because i've been getting a couple of comments online they'd be like uh oh you know your truck looks like a looks like a ram uh people don't realize that everybody's cars are made in china including tesla's tesla's mm -hmm. biggest factories in china mm -hmm. there are there are a few companies who are making trucks for everybody volvo ram everybody and so if, if you look real close, it's not just the same, but since it's made in the same factory. So people think they're insulting me. Oh, it looks like a Ram. I'm like, well, guess what? Because it's made in the same place that the Ram is made, dude. You know, I just don't say that online because, you know, we're not trying to, you know, give anybody's business models away, but we're all making our cars in the same place. So mm -hmm. what I'm doing is I bring the cars in disassembled. So we assemble them uh, in Savannah and we're going to take U.S. batteries because, uh, then you know we reach that 40% threshold of made in the United States. So it's not made in America, but we can say it's assembled in America. Mm -hmm. And you, you know, people like to compare me to Tesla. You know, these guys got $38 billion. <laughs> you know, this money is coming out of Derek Bailey's pocket. So you know, we have to be strategic. We have to be, we have to be very strategic. So I've chosen a very specific industry that I know I can monetize. Right now, I have no competition. If I can move fast, it's an industry that I can dominate or as a community, we could dominate. And, uh, you know, we become an acquisition target. But I think anybody who understands how stock markets work, once people understand that I build something for less than 15000 and I make $1,000 a day on it, which means the thing pays for itself in a couple of months, mm -hmm. uh, the multiples on that are just insane. So if I put out 500 trucks and they see these trucks average that much money and I'm doing 200 million in two states, you think they're going to let me go 50 states? No. Without some major evaluation to handwrite mm -hmm. on the wall. So once we build this model, this, this is not, and keep in mind, this is not Derek Automotive. This is a division of Derek Automotive. This division of Derek Automotive could easily have a valuation of 10 to $20 billion. Because you still got the assembly part and everything else that goes into it but as number well. One, don't forget, it's, it's, the, the way I've designed it, it's almost as if Uber built its own cars. 
So one division builds the car and it sells it to my electric vehicle delivery. So people are online and they're like, oh, that, that thing's ugly or, oh, nobody wants that. They don't realize I could care less about consumers. I'm selling it to another one of my divisions. I am the customer. I'm the builder and I'm also the customer. So and when they bring the car back to you. Doing delivery, nobody cares what the delivery vehicle looks like. You know, no. people are like, it's ugly, it's cute. It doesn't matter if it's ugly no. or if it's cute. What I need it is to run solid for eight years so I can make $1,000 a day on it for eight years. For eight I mean, years. I build something for, for uh, you know, 15000 And if I make $1,000 a day, 300 days, it's 300,000 times eight. That means I'm going to make $2.4 million on a device that I built for 15000 It's better than the drug business. So when you, <laughs> when you understand the business model, then, you know. So uh, when they bring a car back after eight years. Don't forget, I made the car out of metal. So all I'm going to do is pull the battery and controller, knock out whatever dent, throw some paint on it, put it right back out again. That's what I wanted to know. Yeah. That's what I wanted to know. So you, 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 you put that, it right back, you, you put it right back on the street. See, that retrofitting business, being in the retrofitting business means that when these cars are ready to be serviced, we'll already have our retrofitting shops too. So those will go to our shops and they'll come right back out. Okay. So and, and when the you recycling. start thinking about that from a corporate standpoint, now you have all these assets, revenue producing assets on your books with no liability against them. What's the valuation on that? That's going to be very big. What's the valuation on that? So, you know, people think that we're just like playing a game over here, but you know, there's a lot of strategy uh, into this. Uh, and the, the great thing I like about what we do is people start off like, you know, you know, with the one-on-one thinking and, you know, they, they, they call themselves picking at us. But when you get into it and you really see what we're doing, you know, that, that eyes are like, wow. You know, yeah, the, got- the, the more I tried to pick up on it and, and get into it, I was like, man, he has something totally different. He doesn't yeah. even have to. He doesn't even have to compete with Tesla. What he's doing is so original that all he and has to do is corner a market. Why would I? Uh, you'll see me put out a video tomorrow, just trying to explain to people. Number one, we're not competing with Tesla. No need. Elon to. Musk is brilliant. What he did, nobody is ever going to be another Elon Musk. I'm Derek Bailey. I'm doing something else. He has that. I'm going to have this. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. He did that first. I'm doing this first. So. If you he called I mean? you to take a meeting, would you take it? Oh, of course. Of course. Number one, I, I do believe that uh, one day my generator will be in Tesla's as well, because the hybrid is going to win this whole electric game. The hybrid is going to win. This whole chicken and egg with charging station thing doesn't make a sense. So uh, we have patents for an <clears throat> uh, engine that's called a counterpoise engine. It's uh, 83% more efficient uh, even than a diesel engine without all the negative side effects of diesel. So you get the same power at a third the size and weight. So this is a little generator that can go into a car. You use a little bit of gas to charge the batteries up. Now the charger will still be on the car. So if you're at home and it's convenient, you can. But you know, if you're in Atlanta, you have to hop in your car and go see your kid in New York, you don't want to burn four hours, you know, stopping the charging station. So we just see it as, as a, what I call a redundant system. instead of saying that what we're doing is going to be a primary system, I'm not against charging cars, uh, but I am for convenience. And so if I have time to charge, it's okay, but I'm a busy guy. 
And I'm just not going to plan stopping 45 minutes to sit at a charger until my day. I'm just not going to do it. And I think there are a lot of Americans and a lot of people internationally who are just like me. So I think the hybrid, hopefully in the form that we have, but the hybrid of some form, I think it's going to be the, the, the thing that really makes uh, the electric vehicle like really take hold. We all know where the, where the, uh, where the service station is. So in my model, you still stop at the service station, but last week you got 15 gallons and now you need two or three gallons. So it's way less gas. I'm actually curious about um, the another product, the um, electric bike that you guys have. Yeah. So the, uh, yeah, we call it a carbon crusher. The reason mm -hmm. I call it that is, you know, my overarching uh, mission for Exceder is, is, is to be the most significant carbon reduction company out there, right? And so whether you're talking electric cars or, bad, or, or gas cars, you need to keep people out of cars. <laughs> you know, that's the key. You know what I mean? Because it, most of the energy that's created to, to charge an electric car, people don't get it. People don't know where electricity comes from. In Georgia, in the state of Georgia, you know, 70, 80% of all energy is still made from a fossil fuel. So, I mean, you burning a fossil fuel down the street to charge an electric car over mm -hmm. here. So I think people really don't get it. So what I'm doing with this bike is my truck has a 10 kilowatt hour battery in it, right? That's a small battery. A Tesla has like an 80 kilowatt hour battery. My bike, I'm putting in a three kilowatt hour battery. So this, this, this bike is gonna go like 80, 85 miles of distance. I'm putting in like a 3,000 uh, watt uh, uh, motor controller. So it's gonna be, you know, kids will be able to do tricks on it. So now you got a fast bike that goes far, but it's in that 50cc category. So you don't even need a driver's license. Mm. Just need to wear a helmet. See what I mean? So very cool. Uh, if you look at the safety features that I have on it, you know, I have this camera uh, dash that I put in so you don't have to look over your shoulder. Because like when I ride a bike, I kind of like de designed the bike for me because... I really don't like riding bikes because people in cars are pretty rude. So I have these laser lights that cast to the street to at least suggest to a car how far away to stay away from the bike. Hmm. I don't have to look over my shoulder. I have a camera on the back that gives me a very, very, almost a 180 angle. So I can see everything uh, behind me. And actually, you've seen those glasses that uh, uh, Mark uh, uh, Facebook is putting out, those Bluetooth glasses? Mm -hmm. I think I'm going to give away a pair of glasses with the bike. So if your phone rings, you know, you just tap your glasses. So, you know, all about safety. Mm. And, 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 and one of the things that I'm doing with the glasses that I think is really going to be a shocker to everybody. You know, you, you see Siri, you know, you see uh, Alexa, all white voices. I'm developing my own grammar. In my glasses, in my devices, in my car, we're going to have a black woman's voice. Hey, and if you need a black man, I'll I'll, uh, I'll extend my voice too. Yeah, yeah. And I think I think it's I think it's time for that. So I yep. think you see us do that first too, unless you know somebody hears this video and they try to run and do it first. But you know we'll probably be demonstrating that like in February. Okay. So I think when people start to see devices with our voices in it. Hopefully that's going to resonate with our community as well. You know, so we're doing a range of things to try to distinguish ourselves, um, and. Uh, and, uh, you know, just pushing to new territory. Uh, like I said, if you look at most of the comments that you see, like on social media, 
uh, I'm trying to do more videos so people can actually understand the strategy behind what we're doing because I think on the surface people don't get it. You but know, there's not necessarily they don't have to get everything. They just have to see it because what you got is it's there. Just just wait. Yeah, just... Well, one of the big things uh, that I'm doing is something you guys could help me with. So to solve that, I'm 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 developing this digital community. I call it Exceder XE. Uh, you know, everybody's saying X. I had an E because the E is for Earth focused. So okay. I'm going to build a community that's two things. Number one, it's going to be allow you to attract. To, to track and see what's going on with Exceder. So, you know, I'm not going to put my financials on social media, but I will put them inside of our community. You know what I mean? So uh, dealership applications, everything that you want to do with us is all going to be inside the community. We'll be posting about what the company's doing and we'll be giving other, you, you know, strategies for reducing people's carbon footprint. So we think that this Exceder XC community is going to be uh, kind of like a place where we can get our serious uh, uh, supporters and people who really want to make money with us off of social media into a private setting. We have hmm. internal text messaging. We have our own jobs board, our own events board, the whole deal. So people won't even know what we're doing inside that community. It's just going to be for people who are actually serious about about doing this. Because actually, I'm trying to focus on the, the lower Southeast right now. But, you know, Georgia, Alabama, Texas, you know, Florida, all these places are going to be great places for us to launch this all electric delivery business as fast as we can. I don't want to go up north yet because, you know, electric cars really don't like the extreme cold or the extreme heat. Mm -hmm. And if you notice what I'm doing with, with this and selling the cars to myself instead of to consumers, it's also going to keep me from getting beat down online. You know, if there's something wrong with the truck, nobody knows but me. I'll just fix it in the quiet and we'll just make all of our adjustments, you know. And in five or six months, we'll know everything about all the, you know, the negative things with the truck. We'll fix it. And by the time we start selling it to consumers, you know, then it will be perfect. Gotcha. Because once it, I, I get that. If it was yeah, to hit a bit. If, kill us be black, oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, I mean, you said you put it into a bigger market and, and without fixing all the bugs, the tinks and dinks mm -hmm. there. Yeah, 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 yeah. They'll, they'll trash it. Whereas Tesla's cars have killed you know, like 3,000 people. If there's a little thing wrong with my car, you know, black guys shouldn't be making oh. cars anyway. So it's going to be like, oh, you know, of course something is wrong with his car. So yeah. our strategy also kind of mitigates what could happen around that too, because, you know, we're selling it to a division that we also run and we're operating those trucks. And so we'll really get the real world experience with the trucks before consumers do. This is awesome, man. And yeah, it's not that we won't sell a truck to a consumer, but that's not the strategy right now. Because if I sell it to you, I make money one time. You know what I mean? If I sell it to my division, I make a thousand dollars a day on this thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, what would you do? <laughs> I mean, man, it's like, like a no-brainer. Yeah, it's not like I won't sell it to somebody else, but I'm certainly not rushing to sell it to anybody else. And then obviously you have the bike as the consumer. Product yeah, the bike is going to be a electric. consumer product, and it's a revenue generator. This is a cool bike. I think we're going to make a lot of money with this bike, and I'm developing a sidecar. Remember Kogan's Hero, mm -hmm. Colonel Clink? Yeah. I'm developing a sidecar. One version of it will be for a person, but the other version of it is going to be heaters and coolers, because I could put a, a pizza in a warm oven there, and then I'll have a better delivery bike as well, which is you're going to see mm -hmm. me doing that with my pickup truck as well. So we're already designing uh, these trucks to be what I call tailgating trucks. I'm putting wine and beer taps 
and ovens and coolers on the back. So you'll be able to drive this truck up, you know, wrapped for some law firm to the tailgate. It's going to be great. The great thing about an electric car, though, is if you got a big tent out there, the truck can go under the tent. Not like a food mm -hmm. truck that has to be outside making all that noise, putting out right. electric truck, right? You pull it right into the tent. So imagine if you're a catering company and you don't have to unload and set up. You just load that truck at your restaurant. You just drive it in. The food's mm -hmm. there. Beer's there. It, 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 it's all there. It just all slides out, opens up and everything. And it, it, it's just like you have it all plugged into the wall because, you know, it, the truck is just a big battery. This is so, I'm like, I'm so, I'll just have to preface. I'm a big, huge nerd. I love everything having to do with conservation, electric cars, all that stuff. Like I had to get in on this because I wanted to pick your brain. Like to see a black man being in the forefront of this type of industry and trying to set us up to, for us to be able to be a part of it too is like, so amazing and exciting and i'm just like man like thank you for having the vision like honestly like i'm just being so sincere like thank you i think you know you know you can thank my mother for that you know <laughs> I, I grew up my mother used to say the sun doesn't catch a man in bed she's like the sun's up you up <laughs> you know what i mean mm. so i was raised that way but hopefully you hear in what i just said the number of businesses that we can create keep in mind if we do tailgating trucks, let's just take just the tailgating trucks, right? Number one, <clears throat> the first person who takes a tailgating truck with beer and wine and food to a Georgia football game is going to be a winner. Okay, so once one guy sees it, every law firm, doctor firm, everybody's going to have to have a tailgating truck. Accounting firm. Law firm, they don't have a place to park this truck. They're going to want a company to hold these trucks and clean them and put in the wine and put in the beer and take it to the game for them. So how many law firms, healthcare companies, how many catering trucks could I find a lady at church and put her in that business? I could pair her with a restaurant that's failing or not doing well, or it was looking to boost its sales. So that's where we get the, the wine and beer from. We use their liquor license. You see what I mean? So we're going to charge that law firm, not just for the truck, but to store that truck. And every time you take that truck out, you're going to charge them for taking that truck out. You're going to mark up the wine. You're going to mark up the beer. You're going to mark up the food. This is another whole branch of catering that doesn't exist right now. Hmm. And guess what? If we're smart, that could be 10,000 brothers with these trucks all over the country that hmm. are managing these trucks for law firms, uh, whatever type, you know, sports companies, whoever. Hotels. That's just a catering, just a catering truck. Hotels. Now we can also take these trucks and do what Domino's is doing with their little cars. You know what I mean? We can put in the warmers and go to our people and, and do that. We could take that same truck and put in warmers and we can approach construction companies and say, you know what? I got these young kids. I'm going to put them in this truck. Will you let them come to your construction site and vend? You see what I mean? So I could give a kid a truck he can go and just do those couple of routes and make himself $7,800 a day. You see what I mean? Mm -hmm. We can really, it's like I always tell people, our community doesn't need another government program. Our people just need to make more money. They need to be cut in on the deal. And, and what Exceder is going to do 
is try to cut more people in our community in on the deal. We're going to give them the tools to make money. I'm going to make money by helping them make money. You see what I mean? So we're talking with a couple of law firms. I don't want to be name dropping, but you would certainly know who they are. You know, once we do one or two, you know, then everything becomes clear. So we'll go from, you know, Derek's doing something stupid to, oh, you know, this is the smartest guy I ever met again. You know what I mean? So you always start off stupid until you prove what you're doing. Oh, you know, man, so don't we know it? Yeah. So <laughs> if you go back and look at my social media, you look at all the comments. Oh, this truck is ugly. Uh, this is that. How are you going to compete with Tesla? People don't even get it. You know, we're not doing any of that. We're not doing any of that. It's, it's kind of like first grade thinking and and we're PhDs, you know what I mean? So it's hmm. yeah. yeah. Once I, I told I told I told my man Creed here, I said, hey, check him out, man. Look at what he's doing. I was like, the people who are talking and making a negative comments, they don't really understand what they're looking at. And no, they don't understand they don't understand his business model and what he's trying to effectively present and bring. Okay. To not just the world, but to the black community it's in general. For me to give like very nice answers, you you'll see from my answers, I never take it personal because number one, I really don't want everybody to know what I'm doing too fast anyway. Because smart guys with a lot of money will start copying me before I can get, mm -hmm. uh, you know, my own uh, wheels and gear. So, so you know, we can listen to some foolishness for a while while we make money. <laughs> yeah, you know? ain't, ain't nothing <laughs> wrong with it. Ain't nothing wrong with it. Creed, you got any more questions? But the smart people who get in early, who understand what we're doing, who understand the simplicity of all these goods move right now. They're all moving on gas. I'm going to go to a guy and say, the government is going to give you the money back if you move it on the electric. And I'm not even charging you more. All I'm telling you is you should prioritize the electric. And I have the tools to do it. And not just a car. Because I can't send somebody to the Home Depot to pick up 10 yards of tile in a Tesla. 10 yards of tile requires a pickup truck. Now you'll tear that Tesla up, man. You can you can take my $20,000, my $25,000 truck, or you can go buy an $85,000 Ford truck. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, why go get an $85,000 truck to move tile when Derek Automotive has a $25,000 truck that'll do it just fine? Yep. This is not about beauty. It's not about trying to compete with any other car. This is a utility. Uh, we're doing it first. It's a sector that we understand. It's a place that I've operated in for 40 years already. So I understand where this business is. I understand how to partner with condo complexes, gated communities, the people who do the gardening and who wants to pick up their little uh, chairs for the summer back porch. You know, you can't get those little summer chairs back porch uh, in a Tesla, but you don't need a box truck. So right now they're using box trucks and all those gas to bring you a chair and four tables. A chair mm. and four tables fitting back of a pickup truck just fine. See what and, I mean? And the people can be educated on what you're doing when they get involved. And, and they can on. be. And what I try to explain to, to, to Uber drivers is that if, if you drive an Uber and you have to take somebody three miles, you know, Uber's going to charge about 18 bucks and pay you like seven or eight bucks. But if I go three miles to the Best Buys to pick up an 85 inch TV, I'm not charging 18 bucks. I'm charging 85 bucks, probably 120 bucks. See what I mean? You drove the same three miles. You can't mm -hmm. get a big 85 inch TV in the back of your car. It's always funny when you're outside of a Best Buy and you see people trying to get ah, these. Ah, struggling TVs to get it in there. On top of their car, they're holding it and all this foolishness. So we you know we'll have pull the seat back. Pull the seat back. We'll have a Q code. Luckily, like I was in and, a convertible. Uh, IKEA and Best Buys will tell them, you know, we have an electric delivery service. 
just hit the Q code and an electric pickup truck will come and take that home for you. Doesn't cost you any more, cost you the same as the gas truck. But keep in mind, charging the same as the gas truck, we make a lot more because we don't have a gas bill. Mm -hmm. I'm and like, I can pay my drivers more. So the money that we spend on gas, I'm shifting to the drivers. You see what I mean? So we'll have the best trained and best paid labor pool because you'll notice all the white companies are with this uh, driverless car thing. Now the technology is in my is in my SUV, so we could do it. But I just feel as a black company, to me, my job is to put brothers to work, not to put brothers out of work. Mm -hmm. So where they're trying to get rid of the labor, I want to get rid of the cost and then shift that cost into the driver's pocket. We'll make the same. You know, we'll make the same. Um, you know, I love money like the next guy, but I mean, how much money do you really need? <laughs> you know what I mean? Once you make a couple of hundred million bucks, I mean, how much money do you really need? So if we can maintain the same profit margin, but shift those gas and maintenance costs into the driver's pocket, then I think we're gonna, number one, we're gonna have a superior service because we have superior people. We have better paid people. Uh, I think it'll allow us to attract the best people. And, uh, you know, it's a real business. People can make real incomes. And I think as our community starts to make more money, I try to explain to people all the time, you know, that was a time I was married. There was a time I didn't want to get married. When I was broke, I didn't want to get married because you don't want a woman in your ear talking about you ain't got no money. <laughs> you know, when Very you're true. making money, you're more willing to get married. You're more it's, when you when you're making money. I think two thirds of the problems in our community are just going to go away as we help and teach people, you know, how to make more money. It's just, mm -hmm. you know, we don't need programs. We need opportunity. That's it. And so Exceeder's job in my mind is to try to create as much opportunity as we can. Should we put ourselves in a situation where we are buying or we're, we're trying to get best buys in our neighborhood? Well, you know, if best buys is four or five or 10 miles away, they don't have to come to your neighborhood. Our trucks will go and get that thing for you and bring it and bring it to your neighborhood. Just to say if like we owned it, if we own the Best Buy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, what what we have to learn as a community is, is, you know, we can wag the dog. Mm hmm. True. You know, we can wag the dog. Yeah. I mean, basically, uh, we can take these big brands and we set up the mechanism to turn them to, around. To, to distribute those goods into our uh, community. And if people in our community go to my app first, then that order is going to go to people in that community. And once we start doing that, then we're getting a percentage of everything that that store sells. And, and it's kind of like what we have to do. It's what every taxing authority or, or municipality does. You just have to get a piece of everything that moves. You know, mm -hmm. and distribution and delivery is a good way to get a piece of everything that moves. Yeah, especially if we had if there was a delivery service that took care of the elderly, where their fr fruits and vegetables and their Absolutely. groceries were and, ordered. And see, that's another thing that we're doing with the truck. So we're talking with uh, a couple of law firms too about that. So imagine you, an accident lawyer, personal injury lawyer, you got your ads on billboards, on bus stands, and things like that. Okay, people see you, but imagine you have a a truck, a electric truck wrapped in your brand. And you're out delivering bikes to kids, taking turkeys to old people, delivering food from the homeless shelter. And, and your truck is in the community actually doing good like that. 
Which one of those lawyers are you most impressed with? You see what I mean? Yeah. So even that type, there's so much that we have. There's so many business models that we have built around. I'll send you uh, one of our uh, presentations so you can see all of the new lines and possible business models, you know, that we have built uh, around this truck. So this is not just uh, I'm trying to sell a truck. As a matter of fact, I'm selling the truck to myself. <laughs> you know, people don't get it. They think, oh, how am I? You're trying to enterprise. Yeah, you know you're going to get the enterprise. you know you're going to get the truck back. But you're just trying to enterprise and make sure that Absolutely. you make it uh, affordable, accessible to everybody else, so they can make something off of it before. Absolutely, it and it's a business tool. It's not for consumers. Yeah, it's for, mm -hmm. it's for an entrepreneur who doesn't have hundreds of thousands of dollars to get into a business for twenty five thousand, put that truck on my app, and start making himself a thousand dollars a day. You know what I mean? You're making a thousand dollars a day. You work three hundred days a year. That's three hundred thousand. How many people in our community right now make three hundred thousand? Even a hundred thousand. You know what I mean? So if we can start to raise incomes above 70 or 80,000, we can fundamentally transform our neighborhoods. More access to mortgages, more access to everything because you have the income. Yes, and if sir. we have the income, then we can help people work on their credit. And uh, and keep them out the street as well. And keep them out of the street as well. because when you Because the idea is to make money. If the system doesn't cut you in, then you make money the bad way. I mean, mm -hmm. a man is not going to not make money. I'm going to make money the good way. If you don't let me make it the good way, I'm going to make it the bad way. Tell but, the truth. But, you know, I'm going to I'm going to make money. I'm going to make money. And so right now we have a lot of kids who decide to make money the bad way because, I mean, are you going to work for $12 an hour? She hmm. no. I'm not. I'm not. Nope. And if I have to go the bad way, I have to go the bad way. But I'm serving. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serving. <laughs> I'm not I'm not doing the $12 an hour thing. Mm -mm. You know what I mean? So, you know, once we get, you know, that 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 clarity, we have to create real opportunity for people, real opportunity to make money. And I've tried to design this in a way that a lot of people can get together, grow this thing fast, build something new, build something solid. And and actually we'll put together a $10, $20 billion enterprise. Yes, sir. And we can do it fast. This is something that we can do in three or four years. Yes, sir. D Derek, I, I'm enjoying this conversation. Like this, this, this has made my my week already. Um, <laughs> I appreciate that. I, I, I looked forward to this for a while. I mean, you have been texting and going back and forth and yeah. everything. But uh, I appreciate the opportunity to have you on and be able to pick pick your brain about the idea that you have and what you have bought to fruition. Uh, it's not just about the car. Again, it's about the enterprise of being able to use a car. Yeah, to, for a specific to, purpose. Yes, yes, for a specific person to further, to, to further, yes, to further your own hustle while Absolutely. you, while you Absolutely. are also helping yourself. You know, and it's, so it's a wonderful yeah. thing. To we can able. use the car to give people more profitable hustles. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, it's using and I love the <clears throat> excuse me the angle of using practical businesses and then pairing in technology that's cutting edge for this century that we should have really been on but i'm glad somebody like you was trying to create a infrastructure that's going to be something that we'll be able to utilize going forward as a community like it's amazing absolutely and see and guys like you guys can help us get that word out and actually help people get involved and then you know how it is once people see a couple of people making money 
But the great thing about this business is you really don't have to believe anything. Go find any guy with a pickup truck and ask him how much trouble does he have making money. Hmm. <laughs> if you got a pickup truck, if you know most guys, money, I see most guys I see with a pickup truck, they always making money. They always <laughs> making money. It's impossible because if you're moving something or whatever, you don't want to go to the U-Haul. You're always looking for a friend with a pickup truck. <laughs> you just you just need it. You know, you just I see so, guys, I see I see guys going back and forth from the scrap yard. Absolutely. Um, it's all that. All, I see I see guys do, moving, they doing moving furniture all day. Absolutely. Picking up trash, whatever. Yeah, moving oh, stoves up and down. You're just gonna do all that on an electric drivetrain, which 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 parodies with what all the government agencies want to do right now. And, and the incentives for doing so just keep getting greater. And believe me, even if Trump wins, it's it's still going to carry on. It's still going to carry on. Absolutely, because he's all about business. It's all about business. Mm -hmm. And and since we're not asking for a premium, it's not like we're saying pay more to go electric. Like we just charge you the same thing. All you have to do is just go electric, and then the government will give you money back. Right. Yeah, Excellent. so it doesn't cost you any more. And what we're going to do is have a very upscale, polished, uh, you know, I can show you guys my, uh, you know, hats and jackets that I have, uh, that we're going to be using. I'll show you real quick. You know, so we're going to go with the whole best look. Okay. Oh, that's Exeter, you know, the Exeter hat. Oh, you know, so then, bro. you know, you wear some black jeans or whatever, whatever. So, you know, just that very UPS, uh, FedEx, you know, corporate look. You know, if we do that so people are not afraid of the guy who's at the door. Right. It, that professionalism. I think it's going to be easy for people to say, you know what, I'm going to go with that electric delivery service. Absolutely. Absolutely. Can yeah. I buy that hat online right now if I wanted to? Uh, I am going to, it's going to be on our site. You, you will be able to, but since you gave me the interview and all, just send me your address and I'll send you one. Bet. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so they're cool. This is, uh, the Derek automotive brand, you know, and then, you know, this is the, this is the Exeter brand. I got a big head on this one, right? So. <laughs> yeah. So we got the ones that have the, the, the snaps on the back and then we have the elastic ones as well. I just happened to pick up, pick up one of these. So. Oh yeah, that's cool. You know, along with the straight bill, it's kind of cool. Yeah, I like that. Very I like funny. that. Kind of cool. But you're really gonna love these uh these glasses that we're gonna put out uh with the bike because you know it's Bluetooth glasses. So you're riding down the street, listen to your music. If your phone rings, you just tap. You can answer your phone. You know, you don't have to try to ride and talk. You know what I mean? This kind of thing. And another thing that I'm gonna do is inside those glasses, I'm gonna create like a chat room. So imagine a dozen kids driving down the street on their bikes you'd be able to tap into a room and all you guys can talk, no matter how far away you are. It's mm. basically Zoom inside of... So, you know, we, you, you're going to see us doing just like little things like this to take uh, a common product and give it like a special, uh, you know, like a special flavor. Don't give away all the secrets, man. Don't, don't tell <laughs> I'm everything. just telling you guys. You guys are the first <laughs> ones to... Because uh, this to, is going to uh, be in the interview now when I put it out, you know. People hear this. Yeah, you know, it... it it's all good. We want to give people like a little taste. All right. So what's coming? Because most of this stuff you're going to see in January and February. We've already been working on this, so this is not like something that's next year. Mm, okay. You know, by, the, by, by the time people hear it, they're going to be seeing it. Okay. Cool. Beautiful. 
Any more questions, Creed? I'm good. This this has been amazing, though, Derek. Thank you so much for speaking with us. And what you're doing is amazing. And whatever I, myself, and oh, like whatever we can do to further your message, let us know because we are definitely all in. I'll be calling you now. Yeah, watch what you say. I'll be calling. Hey, (laughs) (laughs) give them all my contact information. We good. I appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me on. Yes, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been another interview on Full Profits Podcast. Today, my interview was with Derek Bailey of Derek Automotive. He has the Exceder v- vehicle out. He-, he will be dropping more vehicles that will be able to be a part of delivery services real soon. And with that said, remember the mission statement when you're striving for greatness. God never puts you in the driver's seat if it's taking. Derek, thank you once again. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Peace. All right. Peace. Be good.